Tim Fanning's actual title is athletic director and head baseball coach, but he's so much more than that. He's one of the most inspirational people in the Chattahoochee Valley. Everything from winning baseball titles to changing people's lives. You will want to hear this incredible story, and it's coming up next. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Bringing in everybody, I'm sports director Rex Castillo, joined by the Jack Patterson. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast. Before we meet our incredible guest today, of course, it's time for a t-shirt check. Jack, lead us off. Well, I'm ha- repping the state champions for Class 2A in the state of Georgia, the Callaway Cavaliers. You know, so many years for head coach Pete Wiggins and the crew. I think it's 16 years, and they finally made it to the top of the mountain. They celebrated uh, this past weekend getting their ring. So, you know, no better time than to celebrate what the Cavaliers did. So, fantastic job by them, and we are good to go. Rex, I see you're repping a place that I am very, very familiar with. It's the Shaw Raiders, and Jack actually said this is the best shirt he's ever seen me wear in our years working together. But, of course, it's repping, about time. <laughs> repping the Shaw Raiders. Of course, we have pl- a couple of very proud Shaw alums here. But, of course, we're joined by the man of the hour, Tim Fanning, head coach and athletic director, published author. The resume is ridiculous. Thank you for joining us, Coach. Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here anytime I get to uh, – share my life and my experiences and, and the way God's blessed me. I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Coach, we're, we're definitely honored. Uh, we'll start off first here. Um, baseball, what was it about the game that, that made you fall in love with it from an, er, from an early age? Uh, well, actually, I, I grew up on the south side of Columbus, and, um, you know, I, I really wasn't introduced uh, to sports until I was 10, and we moved um, to East Columbus and right across the street from Eastern Little League. And uh, so, I mean, like, literally, you could throw a stone and hit the field <laughs> from where we lived. So, um, you know, as a 10-year-old as a would do, you see fields, you go. And then, you know, up walked Gary Rozeski, um, a man that I'll never forget, you know, until the day I die, and asked me to play baseball. And, and that's pretty much it. The rest is history, I say. So, Coach, you know, to start right off, you know, I have – Turns out our lives have similar tracks. I actually played at Eastern Little growing up. So I know a lot about the people over there and, you know, a lot about the culture. And, you know, it's, you know when you talk about Little League here in the city that, you know, it's not exactly the first one that pops up. Right. So, you know, what was it about playing over at Eastern that just kind of, you know, got you hooked? Well, I tell you, it, like you said, I mean, the, the coaches there, Coach Rzeski, Mr. Hudson, Mr. Brown, you know, they were really good coaches. And that, you know, leads into, you know, kind of an example that, you know, I had for, you know, many years to come is that they were there just to serve the kids. You know what I mean? There was no hidden agendas. There were nothing like that, you know. And that really stuck with me uh, for a long time. And um, I just had a a bunch of fun, you know. My mom wouldn't let me play football. I kept begging her and begging (laughs) her. And, you know, we – you know, the um, financial situation wasn't very good, and she couldn't afford it. And, you know, coach walked up to my doorstep and had every bit of my equipment and, and registered me and paid for it. And, you know, and that's – those things stick with you for a long time. 
was about to say, so this is where the servant <coughs> leadership, the seeds of that really, <coughs> really came in. And that has been a theme, I think, talking with you in every interview that we've had. You're always talking about serving other people. It, is that still such a mantra for you? Why is that so important for you? Well, I, I saw that at an early age with my mother. Um, you know, we didn't have a, a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of. And, you know, we were on welfare and, and things like that. But I always noticed that, you know, no matter how much, you know, we'd, we'd go to church and my mom would pull all the change out of her pocket and put it in the offering plate. Or, you know, I'd come home and, you know, there'd be another family living with us. You know, and and it didn't it didn't matter how much money we had, she knew that she could help other people, regardless. You know, and that that stuck with me. And then as I started to get older, these men came into my lives, and I, I really didn't you know I didn't have a father growing up, so they were my role models. You know, and and I wanted to try to emulate that. You know what I mean? And um, that's definitely uh, the catalyst to to what put me on the path in my life so coach you talk about you know having <coughs> male role models in your life and you know the impact of coaches you know i think it could be say to say that that kind of led you on the path that you're on right now the being a coach for you know so many uh you know young young men and women well you know billy graham was quoted as saying one a coach will have an opportunity to impact more lives in one year than most people do in their entire lives. And that is true because every single day that we go to work, you can positively or negatively impact another human being. And that is a very um, serious responsibility. You know what I mean? And, and thankfully for me, um, the people God put in my life growing up, um, they took that very seriously too, you know, and it wasn't just about the sports for those guys. It was about creating a better man, and that's exactly what I believe they did. And so even in that answer right there, it was nothing about an overall record. It was nothing about championships. Those are you, – you've had a very successful career there, but well, is, is it more important to make sure that the kid is, has a be, is a better person than it is a better player? Absolutely. I can, I can tell you, and, and I've shared this numerous times when I meet with, with teams, you know, um, I can spout all those things off to you, okay? Number of state championships and wins and Hall of Fame, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't – God's not going to ask me how many state championship rings I have. He wants to know the impact I had in his kingdom, and that's what I take very seriously. You know, so, um, you know, we, we talk a lot and with the players and, you know, baseball just happens to be my platform, you know, at this level. Um, you know, baseball doesn't define who you are. It teaches you the man you can become, and that's what I want kids to understand. So, Coach, you know, we talk so much about your impact coaching, but, you know, the place that you've been is at Glenwood for so many years. What was it about Glenwood at the very beginning that kind of made that home for you and where you wanted to be? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, and, and I believe that God has a path for, for all of us. And um, he put me there for a reason. And when I met with Coach Trawick, which is a legend in the state of Alabama in football, Coach Keyes, a legend in the state of Alabama in basketball, 
Mr. Hayes was the headmaster. And just the leadership that I would be surrounding myself by, it was just an opportunity that I know was put in front of me for a reason, you know. And, and I will never be able to thank those three men enough for the leadership qualities they showed me because, like you talked about, resumes, okay, they had as, as big a one as you could, could have, but it was never about that for them. I mean, they were so humble, so loyal, treated everyone with so much respect, and I picked up on that immediately. It had nothing to do with X's and O's. It had everything to do with the leadership that you can provide a community. That place, you sh- we've seen a lot of love out there, especially it, it really is a Glenwood family. When you heard about the cancer diagnosis, did you realize how special that, that place was? Well, I thought I did. Uh, and, and over all these years, you know, I mean, that school has raised my daughters, you know. And when you coach and work 60, 70 hours a week, and, and <laughs> it is a family. You know, my, I mean, my kids were at everything, and they were treated like queens. They were taken care of. If, if, if my wife couldn't get off work and they had to come to practice with me, they came to practice with me. You know what I mean? And so not only did they help raise my daughters and, and create a great environment for them, but when I needed that family and that community the most, they were there in a way that I can't fully ever really share with people the kind of impact it had on me because battling stage four colon cancer, you know, it is the fight of your life, but I wasn't doing it alone, you know, and every time I turned around, they were there for me, you know what I mean? And, and in big ways, huge ways, you know what I mean? And it wasn't, and when I was going through chemo and I would come to school, that was the only place that I felt like I could go and get away from all that, you know, and just seeing those kids gave me strength to fight, you know, and um, some of you, you know, you saw some of the things that they did. We had, you know, an amazing thing happen during football. So it was like every, it seemed like every time that I went back down, there was something else that went on in that school that raised me back up again. You know, if I had a huge surgery and, and it was, me, you know, working through all the pain and recovering, you know, then it's, you know, we had cancer night, you know, and the entire stands were on the field praying for me and my family. You know what I mean? Those, <laughs> it, it's really hard to put into words, you know what I mean? And um, that was done from the heart, you know, and, and people ask, okay, so it was really hard for me to accept that to begin with. Because, one, I'm a coach, so I'm stubborn, right? <laughs> and, and, and two, you know, I'm a male, okay? So we think we can do everything on our own, all right? And three, you know, I didn't really depend on anyone growing up, you know? Um, I had to grow up very fast, you know, and, and I didn't really didn't depend on other people, you know? So it was hard for me to do that. But once I did and understood the fact that it it was it was it was God's will, not mine. Then they just—I I don't know how to explain it except for the fact that they just took me to places I didn't think I could go during the time 
It was the darkest in my life. special place right there. talk about that special place a little bit more you know with the you know we've talked about resumes here and you know with the resume that you have it's it's not hard to imagine that there's been other places right. that have probably said you know we want coach fan to come here you know and you know turn our program around you know to right. help bring championships here you know you've already kind of done it but what is so special about Glenwood that you know you know maybe you know that the average person doesn't get to see. That well, I, I, th that I think it really, okay, I, I can give you a story, all right? We were hosting, when I first took over as head baseball coach, we had a big summer tournament, okay? And we brought a team all the way down from Maryland, and it was Riverdale Baptist. And, I mean, it's a private school, and but I had always followed them. They were nationally ranked, always had draft picks, things like that. So I respected their coach. So I was kind of in that mode, you know, where, you know, people were calling every year and things like that. And, you know, and, and as a competitor, you know, your first thing is, like, okay, yeah, I want to, I you know, I want to talk to these folks. Well, then, you know, it dawned on me. He came down. I said, well, coach, you've obviously, and this guy had been where he was for 25 years. I said, coach, why haven't you, you left? Yeah. And, uh. He said, I've taken my boys to school their entire lives, and there's no amount of money that you can put on that. And that really hit me hard. Like, it it really said, look, and, and I just prayed about it, and he said, look, I've got control of this, okay? Um, this is where you need to be. And um, just being able to – I mean, it is a rare thing for you to be able to be a part of your kids' lives – on a daily basis from the time they're three until the time they graduate. You know what I mean? And, and no matter what it is, if it's, if it's plays, if it's, you know, things like that, that's hard for parents sometimes to get to because they're working. You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, for, for Glenwood, that gave me the opportunity to do that. Not only that, they gave me the platform to continue to reach, you know, young men and women every single day. And that's why I've stayed, you know. And, and now I know why, because of the battle that I faced two years ago, you know, so. I think it's really, again, it's just so special to see someone receive that much love in a lifetime, to see that kind of love. It, right. it really, you've talked about it in your book, uh, Surf League 2. I mean, you've written two books, first of all. That, that's absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you were writing those books and you were able to like really reflect on those times, did it really just put into perspective how special this place has been to you and just seeing God's plan and unfold the way it has? It it did. I mean, it was well, and fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, because of COVID and and shutting down and then surgeries and chemo and all this thing, I actually had the time to do that, mm -hmm. you know, and and sharing with groups before it it made me realize you know that I was actually disappointed in myself because I felt like once I really dug deep and looked at myself in the mirror that I had been fast forwarding through life and I and I wasn't being intentional you know what I mean because I mean that all that stuff is well documented you know and I, I don't do well with idle time I never have 
And I'm always trying to figure out the, the, the next thing we can build or the next country we can go to or the next thing, the next thing. You know, as opposed to being present right then, right there, with every single person that I come in contact with, with my wife, with my children, you know, uh, with my students, with my players, you know, things like that. And, you know, it really, it shook me, but it, it made me realize that there was even more. You know, God had more for me, you know. So when I really started reflecting and writing on those things, that, it really hit me pretty hard, you know. And I've had such a, a blessed life, and, and God has put his hands and his angels around me my entire life. You know, and and I just felt like that I needed to share that with people. You know what I mean? And um, hopefully, and I, and I think the book does a good job of that. I th I think you really, it's not it's not written from, you know, a thousand miles in the air. It, it's written right in your face, and I think it's uh, people will resonate with that because um, it's not just about coaching. You know what I mean? Um, it's about God's path in my life, what He's done where we've been, you know, and all the lessons that have come along with that. I am reading the book right now. It is fa a fantastic read and highly recommend Certainly Too is an outstanding read. A little bit of a slow reader here, Coach, so give me, give me a <laughs> couple okay. minutes. That's all right, man. Go hey, ahead, Jack. We're, we're a busy, busy uh, sports department, man. But to talk a little bit more about your, you know, impact on the field. You've coached, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of athletes throughout your career, you know, what is that feeling like when a you know a player finally you know starts to realize the potential that they have both on and off the field because that's been you know that's one big part of your coaching philosophy is to be you know better off the field than you would be on it but to be really good on it too right. and you've been able to do so much Well I mean it's special because because you see the work that's been put in and those people that have been successful in our program, we've been very blessed to have a lot of them. The one common thing about all those players is that they put others ahead of themselves. And that's the only thing that, you know, is going to matter in the long run. Because I hope that, you know, Tim Hudson played there, for, you know, played in the big leagues for 17 years. Right. Okay, mm -hmm. right? So he's still 40 when he's retired. So who is he? the rest of his life, okay? And that's what I try to explain to these kids, you know. I, I hope they go to the big leagues. But if they don't, someday they will be done. So what have I done to help them be the best man they can be then? Not necessarily just on the field. But seeing them have success lets me know that they were part of something bigger than themselves. And that is my goal uh, from day one. Every single year that I step foot on that campus is to start it just like that. That is the first and last thing that I'm going to try to press upon any student athlete. It's really amazing. Yeah. Again, nothing, it has nothing to do with, I'm sure technique is all in there, but it has right. nothing to do with we have to hit, hit this win mark. We have to win this championship this right. year. We have to repeat. Well, that, like that's that. a byproduct of all those little things. You know, I heard um, Cal Ripken Sr. say one time, you know, if you take care of all the little things, you won't have a big thing to, ma to worry about. Well, yeah. And that's how we kind of do it. It's almost in reverse order of what people think it is. Okay, winning, 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 winning. No, winning is at the bottom. 
Right. You take care of all those little things. Okay, yes, I can teach you how to hit. I can teach you how to field a ground ball. I can teach you how to pitch. I can do all those things, okay? But in the end, it's your mindset of how you're going to deal with the failure that comes with all those things that leads to the victory. You know, and, and that mindset being strong has way more to do with how you act off the field, how you act with your classmates, how you act with your teammates, okay, so that you can handle all those pressures when the game is on the line. Because it's not just about, oh, my life's going to be over if I don't get this hit. It's not. You know what I mean? So you have to have the right mindset. And that's something that all my best teams were really, really tough mentally. And that's what I'm most proud about. Okay, and not just mentally on the baseball field, not high baseball IQ. You're not going to rattle them if we're in a river in Panama. You know what I mean? If we're at team camp, it's 100 degrees, and, you know, they've been going for 12 straight out, you're not going to rattle them. You know what I mean? Because they're just tough mentally. And that starts everywhere but hitting, pitching, and fielding. You know, so um, that's just how we roll. You know, I mean, that's, uh, I don't, and, and it's, it's not going to change. You know, every year when I start, I feel just as excited as I did the first year I was there. That's amazing. That's and, a very and, rare thing. And that's incredible with the longevity you've had at Glenwood. You've been there so, you've been there so long, you've done so much. And to be able to stay motivated year in, year out, you know, a lot of people always, you know, say that, you know, how do you get motivated for the next you know, you win a championship. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you get? You know, how do you stay motivated? You know, you've won multiple championships. You're one of the more decorated coaches in AISA history. So to be able to, how do you stay motivated year in, year out? You know, and you know, keep you know how keep it fresh. I guess we could say knowing, first of all, that I have a chance to change someone's life every single day that I go to that school. Period. It, it doesn't even have be one of my baseball players. It could be something that some somebody that I pass in the hallway that I don't even coach or that I don't teach, okay, but it's the way I treat them, respect them, show them that servant leadership qualities are going to take you anywhere you want to go. You know what I mean? So um, I try to make sure that I do a great job of, you know, so when I first started I coached three sports, for five years, and then I coached football and baseball for probably 12 or 13, maybe 14 years. And But even though I don't coach those young men and women now, I tried the best I can to be a part of their lives, you know what I mean, to try to show them an example that's right for them, that they want to try to be like, you know what I mean? So um, that's the first thing. I have that opportunity every single year and every day that I go there. And then, two, as a baseball coach, you know that every single team you have is different. Every single team. They may look the same, you know, physically, or you may have seven guys going to the next level on consecutive teams. What buttons you push – um, how you can motivate them is different every single year because, okay, so so we're very successful, right? So we win two state championships in a row, okay, and all those seniors are returning. Well, all those seniors have to fight complacency because they've won the state championship two years in a row. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
All those things are different. As the kids get older, they get girlfriends, they get cars, they get <laughs> yeah. they get harder classes, they yeah. get you know all those things are real. Very much so. Life you happens. Know what I mean? that, correct. You know they get pressures from home. They get all those things, and I take more pride in helping them deal with those sorts of things than I do with building a ground ball because I you know we can do that anytime. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you just have to be committed and show up every. You know what I mean? So, um, the the conversations after practice is over. Um, when I stop practice and I blew, blow a gasket, you know what I mean? It, it's it's very rarely about a physical error, or you know, gotcha. like missing a ground ball or not getting a bunt down or anything like that. It's very rarely ever about that. You use baseball again. It's amazing to see how you you're using baseball to, to really teach life, and baseball seems to come towards the end as far as the mechanics of it. But you're using more than a game also to, to grow the impact and grow the, you, the the positive servant leadership that you want. What has it been like working with more than a game? And I know that's been tough with COVID, but the, the history of the organization has been well. Amazing. It, you know, I, I've just felt like you know we have always done things, and I. If you do read up on, you know, the pillars of my coaching philosophy, you know, um, community service is one of them, okay? And we, we had always done a lot in this community, you know, work soup kitchens, battered women's shelters. We've worked on uh, stream makeover home edition a house before, you know, all those sorts of things, you know. Uh, um, you know, so it, it gave me opportunity. I just – I. Like I said before, I, I don't do well with not going forward. You know what I mean? Sure. I always feel like I, there's something else I can do. You know, so I started thinking on a bigger scale because I started noticing that a lot of kids seem very uh, very myopic in their thinking. You know what I mean? Like that this – all they know is all they know, meaning, you know, they'll – just in talking to them, you know, they didn't have a lot of life experiences outside this area, you know, or say just going to Disney World or going to Panama City or whatever, you know, and there's such a huge world out there that people don't know exist, and it's not because it's not out there. It's because a lot of times they're never put in the position to see it. You know, and I wanted to see how far we could go with that. You know, I wanted to open kids' eyes to a world that they did not know existed. You know, and that was my biggest motivation. Did you s notice a tremendous amount of growth when that happened? Instantaneously. And when I say, you know, sometimes you've gone on trips, okay, and, um, and there's so many specific examples of this, and I can remember them like they're yesterday. You know, we'll have a guy – that you think he's starting to kind of waver a little bit and be too full of himself or whatever, go on one of these trips, and he comes back the next year, he's the best leader in the school. But on top of that, I've seen it happen within hours yeah. of us landing and being around those circumstances. I mean, I, I can think of one specifically real quick is that, you know, we were in Columbia, and uh, we're working with kids on this field, and and you see the kids come up, and they've got bags of water, and they're drinking water out of bags. And one of our kids just came up to me, and he's like, 
you could just see the look on his face. Like, oh my God, like, we like waste so much water at our place. We leave half empty water bottles laying around everywhere, and this kid has a bag of water. You know what I mean? It really made him stop and just immediately reevaluate everything he knew by seeing one bag of water that a kid was drinking out of. You know what I mean? And those sorts of things, I mean, you know, seeing people sleeping on dirt floors and, and batays in Dominican and, and, you know, it's just, and then those circumstances and the biggest smiles you've ever seen on kids' faces, it just makes those young men and women think, like, how can I be disappointed with the life that I have when I see this and they're so excited, you know what I mean? So it really just, it really just breaks you down, you know. It tears away at your facade, you know. And that's, let's be honest, that's exactly what all of us have sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and we worry about things that really we shouldn't worry about, you know. And because um, we got it pretty dang good, and um, yeah. everything's right in front of us, but we just have to open our eyes see it you know I was thinking about today I was thinking about you guys and coming over here and and I was just walking across campus and saw two cardinals flying around and they were just having a great time you know and I was like man it sure is beautiful out here yeah. you know what I mean and every day like people ask me all the time coach how are you doing I'm like I'm doing great man how are you doing are you sure you're okay I'm like yes this is the best day I've ever had <laughs> the best day I was like yeah tomorrow's gonna be the best day I ever had too you know what I mean? It's, it really is about your perspective on things, you know. And over the last couple of years, I've been challenged. I've been humbled. Um, but I've also been built back up, too. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I was, I was broke down, you know. But um, just really noticing things that I don't think I noticed before, you know, has really given me a better perspective on life. Coach, man, I, I don't know how to follow that. That's it, it, I have to take a second. But, yeah. but <laughs> you know, you've been working with more in the game for a long time. I remember way back when former our former sports director, Dan Young, did a story about the two players that you brought back here to Columbus to play right. in the um, Woodbat League that we had here at the time. You know, just, you know, to see, the, you know, the, just a wide impact of what more in the more than a game has become in such a short period of time. You know, does it just blow your mind sometimes? It does. It does. But it is really fun to look back on it. Those two kids you're talking about, Mateo and Jose. Yes, I, I couldn't remember the names, but now that. <laughs> they, they both have four-year degrees from American institutions, and one of them is playing professional baseball right now. What? That's, that's incredible. That's amazing. Absolutely. That's incredible. They went to um, – they went to a uh, Division three school around Chicago area, yeah. and uh, one was an All-American, and then one uh, ended up playing, you know what I mean? And one of them is playing pro ball right now, but both of them have their four-year degree, bachelor degrees. And it'll change, it won't, it don't just change their lives. It changes their community's lives when they go back to Columbia. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, it's generational change. You change yeah. the family tree. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and those are the types of things that, I mean, we kids that were a part of that, that that couple, that few years, you know, 
they're lifelong friends forever. They're still in contact. They're still, you know what I mean? All those sorts of things, you know what I mean? So um, there's so many stories, and that's why I wish that everyone, everyone that hears this by the book. But it's, <laughs> but no, it's like each, just like each team is different, every country and every community we go to is different as well. Right. You know what I mean? Not just from the level of baseball or what we're able to do, you know, because we've, we've done so much more than just baseball stuff. I mean, we've painted churches and re-roof houses and <laughs> built vegetable gardens and things like that because I think that's important. You know, it, it just goes along the lines of, of showing those kids we're not just here to play baseball. You know what I mean? We're here to invest in the community and try to change lives, period. However we have to do that, doesn't matter. If we're picking up trash, if we don't play baseball, we play soccer. Doesn't matter. It's it's irrelevant to be honest. You know, it's just baseball gets us there. You know, so um, yeah, there's a, there's a ton of stories and like that. Um, there's a ton of stories of of helping those kids, but at the same time, the amount of impact we've had on the kids that go on the trip, I think, is you know amazing. What's it like for you to see that sports be that? that vehicle to connect these kids who, who maybe not have left the uh, West Georgia, East Alabama area, and they're like, yeah, you can play baseball or soccer, and you can connect with a kid in Columbia or Panama or, or the Dominican. I think it just – it should open their eyes is what it should do, and, and for the most part it, it always does is let them know that, you know, hey, why don't I think outside the box a little bit instead of think like everyone else is thinking? Why don't I get rid of the perception – that the world tells me I should have of myself, okay? Because that's what happens this day and age, and I fight it so much. And, and you know, quit letting the world tell you who you should be. Dig deep, okay? Get in the Word, all right, and find out who you really want to be. You know what I mean? And, and there's so many avenues to do that. You don't have to be a baseball player to do it. You can be a lawyer. You can be, you know, because... It's funny when I talk to coaches about the coaching tree, you know, the big thing is Saban's coaching tree, right? Right, like yeah. All these people go and all these different places. They have places, all the success all somewhere else. Well, my coaching tree's that big too. And he's like, what? No, I don't – yes, I have guys that have coached me or played for me or all that. They're in pro ball, college baseball, you know, high school. Now they're athletic directors, you know, coaches like that. But I also have firemen. I have doctors. I have lawyers. I have wow. helicopter pilots. I have – you know, pharmacists, you know, that's my coaching tree. You know what I mean? That's how I see it. You know what I mean? So um, you can still be a servant and and choose any type of profession that you want. You know what I mean? It's just I just happen to have one that, you know, I can do it more readily every day. You know what I mean? But um, that's what I would encourage anyone that's listening to this is to – to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, can I do more than what I'm doing for others? You know what I mean? Because I promise you, if you put others ahead of yourself, you will have all the success that you want to have. Because at the end of the day, success is not measured by what the world tells us that it should be. It's not about the amount of money in your bank account. It's not about how big your house is or what kind of clothes you have or what kind of car you have. I promise you this. The most successful people you know, if you go talk to the five most successful people, ask them, ask them why they're successful. They're going to talk about everyone else that made them successful. They're not going to talk about themselves. 
And if they do, you probably don't want to talk to that person. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what I would would implore people to do. You know what I mean? Because depression comes from a lot of avenues, and most of it is all self-induced. And I know. I mean, I know because of my battle that I faced. You know what I mean? And it was very easy to get depressed during that time battling cancer. You know what I mean? But the way I got through that is thinking about all those kids at my school and thinking about my two daughters. It flips the script on you. You know what I'm saying? It, it makes you think of things differently. It's not about me, okay? I got to get my butt out of the flipping bed for those women in my life and those kids at that school. You know what I mean? So it makes you get up, and it makes you not feel sorry for yourself. And And I promise you, if you're putting others ahead of yourself, you're not depressed because you're not doing it for yourself. You know what I mean? You 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 look at things differently. You know what I mean? So that's what I would I would ask everyone to do that. It doesn't like I said, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're Fortune five hundred CEO, okay, if you're digging ditches. It does not matter. Yeah. Wow. Incredible message. That incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. Rex, you know it's, it's not often I'm speechless. That's man. true. <laughs> is that what you want your legacy to be, Coach? I do. I do. I, I want I want I want my players when they're asked about me, Coach always told us the truth for one. And I know he loved me. It didn't matter if I was the last person on the bench or the guy that got drafted. Um that's that's what I want to be remembered for um, because, like I said, the rest of it will fade away. You know what I mean? But those relationships are generational, and they go, and they go, and they go because if they feel that way, they're going to pass that to their kids, and that's how you do it. You know, people ask me, when are you the most proud of your players? Regardless of how far they make it in baseball, pro ball, college ball, whatever, SEC, ACC, doesn't matter. When they're grown and they come back and they have children and I see them being a great father and a husband, I swell up with so much pride. I mean, I just do, you know, and unfortunately I'm getting old enough where now, you know, a lot of my former players have kids that are coming to my camps and all this <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? And now they're starting to – you know, pretty soon they'll be of age where I might be coaching them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, that's a whole nother issue to deal with. <laughs> but that's when I'm the most proud, to be honest, completely honest. Coach, to kind of um, piggyback off a point you were just making a little bit ago about how Glenwood has allowed you to be a part of your kids' lives every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your kids go to Glenwood um, – I, I remember back during basketball season, we were covering your daughter, Macy. Mm -hmm. You know, she was part of the championship team. Great you know, player. How, you know, when you see your kids succeeding on and off the court and you get to be an active part of that, how big How big is that for you? It, it's, re it's really cool. Um, I'm, I'm super blessed, you know. Um, I have to give, obviously give my wife more credit for that <laughs> than myself. Um, but... I've always been honest with them, you know, um, as athletes, as um, young women, 
Um, I want them to be strong, um, independent, like their mother, you know, hardworking, um, and, and know that they're not defined um, by the world. You know what I mean? And I think that really translated to them. Brianna, you know, she plays soccer. She graduated two years ago. She plays soccer at Thomas University, and and, and Macy's a, a very, very good two-sport athlete. But not just that, man. She, you know, she's salutatorian. You know what I mean? She she started her own jewelry company to raise money for, for all these mission trips that we go on. You know, they're just – they're great young women – I'm super proud to just even get to call them my daughters, you know, and um, just being able to get that hug every single day at lunch, break, you know what I mean? Because um, that's about to go away, you know, and um, they're they're both going to be gone, and um, it's it's going to be an adjustment for sure because I just really love seeing them succeed the right way, you know what I mean, and if um, you can ask, you know, since we're talking about Macy, her coaches, um, their biggest thing, regardless of how she's, you know, produced, is that she's the best teammate, you know, and that's what I'm, I'm most proud of, you know, that she's always been that way. I, if I keep talking about this, I'm definitely going to quit. <laughs> you're, you're doing an amazing job. You're raising some amazing kids over there. Coach, um, to kind of swing back over to your battle, it's really easy to, to blame God for a lot of things. I think people right. say, like, whenever the bad things in our lives happen, whether it be a bad grade, a relationship that doesn't work out, right. or anything like that, how in the world did you keep your faith through all that? Well, I think I had a lot to draw on, to be honest. Um you know, where I grew up, how I was raised, it was pretty tough, things like that. But, you know, um, we never had enough money to pay the bills, but somehow they always got paid. You know, we never had enough money to have clothes, but somehow we always had clothes. You know, God has shown grace in my life since I was born, you know. And um, so that's kind of how I looked at it. it, it and it took me a minute, you know, because it was funny. It's funny that you said that because it does It does take a minute for you to process it. Yeah. You know what I mean? A hot minute. And it's like, I think one thing, if you're asking me that started it, is, you know, I found out on July 30th, and I had to take Brianna to school college for the first time the next day and I was like oh my god what am I gonna do but it was funny when I tell people this story it was probably it was I can't think of another one that was a more peaceful day in my entire life is that next day and people are like what are you talking about it goes back to what I was talking about earlier about being intentional with your time. Like, I didn't care about anything but her that day. You know what I mean? It wasn't how long it took to move her into her dorm. It wasn't – I wasn't trying to get back to do something up at the school or I wasn't worried about what I was doing the next day or what trip I was planning for more than a game. It was only about her, you know, and that – kind of woke me up and then when I 
when I spoke to the Alabama Baseball Coaches Association that next January, that's what I told them. It's like, this doesn't happen to me. You know, I mean, I, I hike volcanoes. I swim with whale sharks. I travel the world. I win championships. I have a beautiful wife. You know what I mean? I have a beautiful life. This doesn't happen to me, but it does. So you have to realize really fast, all right, that you're not in control. You know what I mean? And, and as soon as you do that, you relinquish that control, all right, it's easy to have faith. You know what I mean? But if you're fighting it the entire time, I'm sorry, that's the devil's job. That's He's good at it. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's how growing up with my mother, I saw so much faith. You know what I mean? And then my wife and my daughters and that school, that, that is what kept me dialed in and believed that God had a plan for me, that he was going to use this disease for me to reach other people. And it, it took me a little while. Um, you know, I would say probably a couple months to, to really grasp that entirely, you know. And um, once I did that, though, it, it made my battle um, not easier. Um, I don't know what the word is. It's not easy, but it made it, um, it, made it more of a, a challenge as opposed to a hindrance, I guess, maybe. So something to conquer versus like a burden. Correct. You know what I mean? And that's that's just how I looked at it. I looked at it like Volcan Baru in Panama. You know, you're seven hours in and you hadn't reached the top, man. It's like you're second-guessing your life choices, I promise <laughs> you. And it's like, you know, um, but that's what I, I took it as. And, I, you know, I'll be honest. You know, the way I was right, I never, I never took too kindly to people telling me I couldn't do something. Yeah. You know, because the way I was raised, where I was, like, people weren't going to tell me that I couldn't be a college graduate, that I couldn't play professional baseball, that I couldn't do those sorts of things. Like, I just – and so, I will – you know, I that's one thing I never did. I never got on the Internet and looked at statistics or horror stories or anything like that. I, s I stayed away from it, never looked at it, didn't care about it. You know what I mean? God has a path for me. I'm following this joker, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it the best I can do it. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna do it for everyone else. You know, so um, I think that's what kept my faith alive. Coach, you've you've talked so much about Glenwood. You know, which is kind of like the common uh, one of the big common denominators here. You know, you've talked about how it played a major role in your fight mm -hmm. when you were battling with colon cancer. You know, what is it about that place that, you know, maybe that people, you know, who may be watching this from outside the area or people right. who don't, you know, you know, don't, you know, think about Glenwood because, mm -hmm. you know, Glenwood is a small school. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is it that makes that place so special, not just to you, but for seemingly for a lot of people? I'll start off by saying, the, the faculty, the administration, the kids, the parents, and the alumni, okay? That's five-prong right there, right. right? But it goes way deeper than that because all of those things are, are interwoven. They're connected from the time it was open to this day. And it's one of the first things that I fell in love with about that school. And 
and I went to Jordan High School, and I, I wouldn't trade my time at Jordan for anything. Right. But I never saw those attributes because it was so, like, the, the school zones would change. The, you know what I mean? Like, people's parents didn't go to that school that they went to. You know what I mean? That's that's one of the biggest differences, especially in our community. They went there. Their kids go there. Their grandkids go there. You know what I mean? So they're all in. And it is a sweat equity school. And when I say that, I mean, yes, it's a private school. And sometimes private schools get a bad rap. Oh, that's kids with money and all that other stuff. Well, there are a lot of people at our school that are just hardworking people that want their kids to have a quality education in a small Christian environment. That's it, and and they work their butt off to be able to send them there. Okay, we don't have an endowment, we don't have money, you know, to do whatever we want. So all those beautiful facilities we built is because of the kids doing the work, the parents chipping in, and getting things donated, and all those people are involved, sweat wise and equity wise. So they take pride in it. You know what I mean? It's not just somebody cutting a check and you getting two bids and somebody coming in and doing them. That's just not how we operate. And that, that, to me, is what someone outside the Glenwood community may not understand or realize. You know what I mean? And we just got normal, good, hardworking families and kids that, you know, want to, you know, serve their community, do well in athletics, and be the best people they can be. You know what I mean? And, and it being a Christian environment, it helps. Ain't nobody going to tell me I can't stop and pray with somebody right in the middle of the hall. We're going to do it if that's what that person needs. You know what I mean? And those, you know, you don't have those limitations sometimes that you do in other schools. You know what I mean? And I, I think it does it does make a difference, you know. Uh, I, matter of fact, I know it makes a difference, you know. So um, I, th- I think those are the things that, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I'll say them again. The faculty and staff kids, the parents, alumni, I mean, it's just, they're all intertwined, you know, and um, it's, just a, it's a great place to be. As a coach, I know, I'm sure that you teach a lot of lessons, but what's some of the, le- what's one of the best lessons you've learned as a coach or as a player uh, on the diamond? Um, really, the best lesson to me is, like, dealing with failure like it doesn't matter how much you prepare it doesn't matter and that's what baseball has so many variables okay and and it and it is is definitely a different animal than say football or basketball which i love both i played all three and you know like you can't physical your way out of it sometimes just because you throw harder doesn't mean you're going to get better results just because you swing harder doesn't mean you get better results there's so many variables there's there's elements from weather there's you know one rock may be on the field and change the course of your state championship game from a bad hop you know what I mean so I I just think dealing with the amount of failure because I mean you successful just say in high school three and a half times out of ten and you're considered a good hitter yeah you know what I mean so that's a lot of failure you know what I mean so I think those lessons you know, I, I very rarely remember, you know, like great games I had or anything. I, I remember an adverse time on the field that I had to really dig down deep to fight through it to be successful. You know what I mean? And that those are the lessons that, 
that I remember, especially as a player, you know what I mean? And those are the teams that are so special to me that face those adverse times that push through them. You know what I mean? Those are the things that I remember. Jack? Uh, it's, been one of our, it's been a great conversation, Coach. You've been <laughs> I'm, enthralled, I'm enthralled in this story, man. Abs- absolutely. Uh, but, you know, when we talk about, you know, your successes on the diamond, and we talked about the players you've coached, and, uh, you know, but one thing we haven't really talked about a ton, we talked a tad bit about, is your coaching tree. And, the um, you know, the so many different coaches who've gone on to m- much bigger heights. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know, how do, is there a sense of pride in that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, one thing when I, when I mentor coaches, okay, and, and you talk about your coaching tree, okay, if, Say one of my coaches goes off and he takes over a program. Mm-hmm. All right. What does that program look like? Okay, like when we play each other, okay, does it have the same core principles? Does it, you know, what do their facilities look like? How do their kids act? You know what I mean? How do they dress? How do they, you know what I mean, represent their school? That is a direct reflection of you as a coach. You know what I mean? So um, that's when I – talk to coaches, I say, what does your tree look like? You know what I mean? Like, so that, when I see my guys go off to coach and they do it right, has nothing to do with whether they win the championship or not. It's just if they do it right or not. You know what I mean? Because I feel like, you know, that I would have had a direct impact on more people because of, you know, one of my former players. You know what I mean? So, um, I take that very seriously, and, and I'll be honest. If I see it and it's not, I'm going to tell them. You know what I mean? And that's just – if you don't want the truth, then don't ask me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just – that's just the way it is. Just like I've told my parents, if you don't want me to ask you for something, you better turn around and walk the other way. Because <laughs> I don't have any kind of, you know, cooth when it comes to doing stuff for children. I, mean, I just don't. You know what I mean? So, um, truth – <laughs> set you free is what they say, yeah. right? So yeah. that's you know hard. To, it's hard to hear sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean. It it was hard to hear when when they told me the c word. That was really hard to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean. But um, I'll be honest. I f- I feel like it's freed my mind in a lot of ways. You know, we talked about your coaching tree, the, the school, and everything like that. But bringing it a little closer to home, how amazing has your wife been throughout this entire? Because she's she's had to be yeah, an absolute rock. Yeah, um, <laughs> you definitely won't let me cry. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a tough woman, and um, she's a whole lot smarter than me. She's a whole lot better looking than me. She's a whole lot. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, and it and it all started with her making me go to the doctor. You know, what I mean, I mean, it started there because, you know, I didn't grow up going to the doctor. Like, ever. You just don't. I mean, I didn't have insurance, whatever. Well, for whatever reasons, I mean, I, I just thought people would go to the doctor to get stitches or get a cast for a broken bone. And then still, if your fingers are broke, you tape them up and you play or whatever. You know what I mean? I just never went to the doctor. And, you know, there again, it goes back to that stubborn thing and, and all that, you know. And I just – and she finally, you know, after, you know, me not being able to finish cutting the grass or something, you know, and – She's like, you're going to the doctor. And I went, and, you know what I mean? And it started there, but it was much more, you know, I, I think people 
yes, the person that's going through this battle, okay, you know, that's the first person you look at, but she felt every ten blades on every cut, you know what I mean? Um, she saw me when I was at my lowest, you know, and it's just me and her and her encouragement, you know, and, and sometimes that encouragement was get your butt up. You know what I mean? And um, coaches' wives are tough. You know what I mean? They, they they have to endure a lot as well. You know, they have to listen to people talk bad about you. They have to, you know what I mean? They they have to do those things too. So um, I felt like that's what I was going to get because when I'd come home when I was coaching and I'd whine about this or that and other, she's like, well, quit whining about it. Fix it. You know what I mean? And and she's she's been that way for me. You know, when I when I came in and I and I asked her about me going to be a coach, you know, it was gonna be a significant pay cut from what I was doing. She never batted an eye. If that's what God's leading you to do, then you go do it. You know what I mean? So, um, she's always been my biggest my biggest fan, uh, my biggest cheerleader and also, you know, my, my guardian angel. That's beautiful. I knew we had to we had to give her a shout out. All of us would have gotten in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mo- most definitely. Coach, as, as we wrap this up, uh, we want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for just being, you know, a leader in this community. I haven't been here a long time. Jack has lived here, been born and raised here, but he he, you know, he told me that one of the stories we have to tell is yours, especially well, when, the, when this platform opened up. Well, I want to thank you guys for just giving me the opportunity because if if this if this hour can impact one person. You know what I mean? And um, I'm all for it, man. And thank you so much for doing this in the community because it is important. You know what I mean? It is not just about, you know, the scoreboard and the championships. You know what I mean? That people, I'm just telling you, people are wonderful. They really are. You know what I mean? There's great people everywhere you look. You know what I mean? And just keep telling stories. Y'all just keep doing it. You know what I mean? Because you're going to change a life. I promise you that. Well, you can tell you Thank two you people that were definitely impacted <laughs> from, from this conversation. Yeah. One important though, question, uh, Jack, what's the question we have to ask everybody? It's the question that we ask everybody at the end of every show is that it, we all always open the floor to let, to let our guests ask us, who should we interview next with the caveat? You need to help us out, Coach. So who do you think we should have on, you know, in the future for On Your Sidelines? Mm-hmm. You know who would be a good story, to, uh, a good story to be able to explore and to you know. <laughs> <The face. tell>. <laughs> <laughs> now you set a pretty high bar. I'm just letting you know. But it, who, yeah, who would you like to see on the On Your Sidelines podcast? Oh my gosh! Like that is like a hard slider on the outside. <laughs> two strikes. Cash is just the paint. It is <laughs> like that. Borderline call. <laughs> I might have to file that one off. Um, well. People that come to my mind, anytime you ask me something like that, are always people who have impacted me. Yes, okay, sir. and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ron Nelson is on my staff, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Like, yes. I'm so blessed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he is. You know, you know, because I mentioned Coach Trawick and Coach Key, and you know, I mean, and they're and they're much older now. Um, and like, I've worked around amazing coaches. Um, and now fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to, to look at it, you know, I haven't got to play too many coaches in our area, 
Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um, if you're asking me, I would go after, you know, somebody who's long in the tooth that has <laughs> much more wisdom than I do, you know, like a Coach Nelson. I mean, he he's – Hey, there we go. He was yeah. a legend at Central. I mean, and – Feels named after him. And has, yeah. know, has impacted so many lives. And he has been a great sounding board for me. He, But you want to talk about coaching trees, it's the same – Coach Trey, he was with him forever, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And same way, humble, you know what I mean? Like you never know that he's a Hall of Famer. That doesn't matter to him. I mean, he's impacting ninth graders every day. It's amazing. You know yeah. what I mean? We just won the state. So you probably don't know this because it's JV level, ninth grade level. They haven't lost. He coached football this year and baseball. They didn't lose a single game. In both sports? What? Both sports. <laughs> wow. Oh and my that's gosh. what we have coming up. So, so you have I'm <laughs> super excited. <laughs> say, that, should, that should frighten everybody in the AISA. Yeah, right? absolutely. But yeah. that's incredible. Undefeated in football, and then he moves to baseball, and they were undefeated and just won the state championship tournament uh, last weekend. Well, a belated congratulations yes. to all of y'all. Yeah. Well, well earned. My and goodness. I went, I went to watch them play, and it was fun, man. Oh, they, it was well coached. They got after it. They were having fun excited playing the game the right way and that's just you know and for someone with that kind of like you say you know resume that tells you when people are doing things for the right reason because it's not about him he don't care about any of that he don't want to coach varsity he just wants to invest in young people and be around them you know what i mean and that's incredible that's how blessed I am as a not only as an athletic director but as a baseball coach to have those kind of people around me exactly coach that's my vote there you go yeah well (laughs) shoot that's it I'm sold you sold I'm sold all right we're sold all right coach um thank you again we're gonna just wrap up here just hang out for a couple seconds Jack uh my goodness wow my cup is full from absolutely hearing everything that Coach had to say. Like I told you, man, it's not often that I am rendered Very speechless. True. And that happened multiple times. Just an incredible story. One of the biggest things we I think we all can take away from this is that the accolades really don't matter. Exactly. They really don't matter. Of course, we want to chase the, the best version of ourselves, but you can find the best version of yourselves and other people by serving them. It's a lesson we're going to take away from this. Amen to that. A- absolutely great. Jack, let's p- throw that wrap-up music because, man, I feel Hit ready it. to run through a wall right now. But thank you so much to everybody for, for joining us today. Uh, this this episode with Coach Fanning will be up on our website, wrbl.com. Jack, we're also going to share it on social media. Where, we, where can people find it? Well, I was putting up the subscribe stuff well, first, so you do that. First of all, eventually, you can find the On Your Sidelines podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible. We'll have multiple episodes on there, including this incredible one. You'll want to listen to it back. But as I mentioned, social media stuff is important. Jack, where can they find We're going to trick somebody's arm to get us on Spotify. Also, you can hit us up on social media. You can follow me at Jay Patterson TV. WRBL Jack Patterson is where you can find me on Twitter and Facebook. Rex at Rex Castillo TV and WRBL Rex Castillo. Send them home, my good brother. Guys, thank you so much again for joining us. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure we have Coach Nelson is a great recommendation, but thank you so much for joining us here on your sidelines. This is what we want this platform to be, letting people know who they are beyond championship rings, MVPs, Hall of Fame accolades, and what they do on the finals, uh, on the scoreboard. Coach Fanning, what an incredible human being. We're very lucky to have him on here. Yes. Until, uh, until our next 
podcast. We'll see you guys next time. We'll see you guys in two weeks. We'll catch you later. On your sideline. Bye, guys.